Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Very original website. Before we get started, uh, this is the trigger warning section. We're going to be talking about anything involving horror culture, dark things. It could involve sensitive subjects like murder, rape, suicide, child abuse. We're going to be talking about messed up stuff and describing it in messed up ways. And if that's not your cup of tea, go listen to something else. Or maybe give it a second thought and come back and then listen to us talk about what I can say now is all the fucked up shit. Right, Steve? Yes. Yes. All right, so coming down the pike. I always love that phrase. I used to think it was coming down the pipe like a sewage thing, but then I learned that it was coming down the pike like a, like a head sliding down a pike, and it's just it's so much better now. I was thinking turnpike, but sure, why not? Oh. No, I like the head on the pike one better. We're going with that. I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next up, coming down the pike, we're going to be talking to Miss Sadie Katz, actress, producer, and writer known for Wrong Turn 6, Amityville Harvest, and The Bill Murray Experience. That sounds fun. But today, we have the awesome company of a super cool and handsome dude and owner of one majestic beard. You may know him from Grindhouse Video in Tampa. He's currently moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, one of the most awesome facets of Tampa, which is now shared with Tennessee. And um, congratulations, Tennessee. You have a kick-ass horror video store. Mike Sandlin of Grindhouse Video. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you for being here. And to tie everything in, uh, the new store is on Kingston Pike. Ah, huh. ah, 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 ah. Well, there you go. Small world, right? <laughs> cool, cool. Now you got to have heads on pikes outside the store. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually do that now. <laughs> well, no reason not to, right? Yeah. Uh, so in this interview, we'll be um, asking about uh, your experiences as a fan of horror, um, covering your childhood adolescence teenage years and, and then adulthood we break it into three stages because sometimes it triggers memories you'd forgotten but it's not meant to be a therapy session so uh if there's anything you don't want to answer just say pass and we'll move on but um starting with childhood what are your first memories of scary things pass no, I'm, <laughs> oh, okay um my i mean i grew up i i'm i was born in 74 so i'm pretty much an 80s kid um mm-hmm. uh I was scared of everything. That is like, not even just movies wise. I, I was just literally scared of everything. Um, I was very sheltered. I had a lot of friends, so I wasn't necessarily a nerd, but even like I grew up in the church. So like I was very, very, very Christian. Mm. And even in my Christian group, I was the scared goody two shoes kid. <laughs> um, I have, I am not that anymore. Um, <laughs> if, if anybody, uh, keeps up with me or the store. Um, but, um, as far as movies go, like my earliest recollection, recollect, bleh. all right, here we go. Uh, take two, uh, my earliest <laughs> recollections of watching anything scary would probably be, there was one movie that I watched with my dad as a kid around 10 ish, maybe even younger. And I could not figure out what this movie was, but it scared the living shit out of me. Uh, Mainly one scene where the girl is in a pool and this glass piece comes over and like covers the pool. 
And then later in my adult years, I found out that that movie is the legacy. Hmm. And that movie is not scary. I have no idea why that scared me. Um, but I was very scared of water uh, mm-hmm. because I also saw Jaws uh, 3 at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Or no, Jaws, was it Jaws 2? Was there a shark that bit a power cable or a fantastically realistic 3D shark that somehow broke <sighs> a piece of glass? I All I remember from watching it at that point was a leg falling to the bottom of the ocean. Like it's just a severed leg. And I can't remember what, so I I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the Jaws movies, but anyway, um, so I was very scared of the water. Um, We took, I mean, I saw that Jaws movie while we were on vacation in Sanibel. (laughs) And so I would not go in the pool. I wouldn't go into the, but I wouldn't even go to the beach. I would not go anywhere near the water uh, for many years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the thing that scared me the most as a kid. I was probably like 12, somewhere around there, uh, when I saw The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And being a uh, extremely Christian kid, uh, I thought it was a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it, it scared the living shit out of me. Now I I I don't know. I mean it's 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 cool. It's it's disturbing in places, but it doesn't affect me like mm-hmm. it did then. Of course. I mean, it was loosely based off of a true story, kind of. Okay, there's that whole angle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave that with okay. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I would have been like, yes, that is a true story, but mm-hmm. uh, I can't I can't say that right. without laughing anymore. Well. When we say based on a true story, I mean, not necessarily the fact that, uh, you know, spiritual possession is necessarily true, but that a young girl had in reality been doing some weird shit. Uh, yes, that, that part I can, I can yeah. agree with the true story. Part. Um, I think it was a young boy in the true story. No, it's a girl. You can, there's apparently supposedly audio recordings of it. You can find online. She was a German girl. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean the the girl in the pool being covered over by a, a piece of glass. I mean that kind of reminds me of uh, you know the whole idea of being trapped under ice. Uh, so I could potentially see how that could be scary if she if there wasn't enough air, you know room for her to breathe. Um, yeah, I mean I was gonna say you're you're kind of ahead of the curve on both that and the Jaws movie because you said you were afraid to even go to the beach. And now we have movies like Sand Sharks, so you know, you can't even go towards the water with that. <laughs> and with the the pool thing, there's isn't there a movie where two girls are trapped in a pool, and that's the entire movie? Like the automatic cover goes over it. Recently that's came the out whole like movie? eight feet deep or something. Yeah, I guess because it's a short movie because really? they drowned. <laughs> eh, they got out somehow. There's I've, I haven't seen it. I've just seen like trailers mm-hmm. or stuff. I mean, there's also Dick Shark, so, you know. (laughs) There is also Dick Shark. (laughs) Not heard of this one yet, but I can imagine. I've told you about Dick Shark. It's by the same folks that made uh, Ant Farm Dick Hole. You know, just some real classy films there. Jesus Christ, serial rapist. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, Santa Claus, serial rapist for his holiday film. (laughs) Dolla Morte, which was uh, the Passion of the Christ uh, all done with Barbie dolls. 
Huh. Um, <laughs> I check that one out. I, I might have to watch that one. Yeah, yeah Bill an interesting guy. I've talked to him on the phone. He's he's definitely interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like it, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Um, you were definitely scared by some of this stuff. Um, but I'm guessing at a certain point there something changed where you started to they went from fear to interest well either fear from fear to interest the other thing that has come up in in other episodes is going from understanding that it was something to be scared of to understanding that it was meant to be as entertainment um was do you know where the dividing line for you was in terms of when that happened was it still in childhood or wait teenage years i think it would have had to have been in teenage years um, okay. Like I said, I was very sheltered. I mean, I went to school where my church was. So I spent right. six to seven days a week at church. Mm-hmm. Um, very closed off group of friends. My friends in the neighborhood also went to that church and school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very sheltered. Okay. Um, so, it, it, I mean, I remember um, little snippets from my life of you know uh watching you know coming in and my cousins were watching a 007 film Mm. and naked people were getting shot Mm. and they were like telling me jokingly oh no these actors actually died like they they volunteered to die to make the film wow and it was like (laughs) uh, oh my god you know so i had little little things like that um you know, kind of not making me understand that it was a movie. Right. Um, I think it was probably when I first saw my first behind the scenes feature mm-hmm. where, you know, you saw them making the monster, you saw them mixing the blood and stuff like that, that it kind of dawned in, dawned on me that uh, it was it all was fake. Yeah. yeah. How old I'll, were you when you saw that or when you found that out? Uh, it would be in the VHS era. So, more than likely some full moon movie that I rented, you know, like at the end, they would usually have the, uh, what did they call it? Like the making of making. Yeah. They had their own name for it. I can't remember, but yeah, basically a, ba- a making of at the end of the VHS. Um, that's probably when I first, cause I never read Fang- Fangoria. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't somebody really looking for that stuff at that, you know, at a younger age, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I just kind of happened to see some of these movies. Uh, none of, nobody in my family is a, a big horror fan, but I watched the exorcist and the legacy with my dad, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't even remember what we were talking about. Where, where are we going? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm lost. We were just asking how, about how old you were when uh, <laughs> when you saw that behind the scenes video. Oh yeah, it had to have been when I was a teenager, right? Because that's when I was really starting to get into horror. Okay. So going back to the childhood, then for a few more minutes. Um, so you said that there were no other friends or family who were horror fans at the time. You definitely no. were scared by them. You didn't know that they were supposed to be entertainment. Um, did you have anything uh, that scared you in your real life in your childhood? No. I mean, I was scared of hell. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, so that scared the shit out of me. Um, 
but nothing that made you change your behaviors or had any, made any phobias or anything like that. No, not really. Other than the, the water thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that was about the only thing that came out of that. The okay. early, early years. Did you participate in Halloween as a kid? Yes and no. We did a the Christian way where my school would do like a little thing in the gymnasium and we would all dress as Bible characters and do funny games and stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure as a as a little kid, my my parents took me trick or treating. Um, I don't remember any of that. Okay. Um, you know, uh, but I've seen pictures of me, you know, dressed up in some sort of costume. Um, I don't even remember what I was dressed up as, but I don't actually have any memories of that. Okay. Well, it uh, takes care of the two follow-up questions uh, of yep. <laughs> favorite costume or least favorite costume. Um, yeah, I honestly have, I mean, I I don't even know what I dressed up at the church. Did you have any reoccurring dreams when you were a kid? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, we lived in a very large house when I was a kid and, um, spent probably, uh, well, I can tell you it was first 17 years there. Um, and, uh, I don't know why we had that big of a house. Um, and it was set back in like a wooded area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only had one direct neighbor and he scared the living shit out of me. Cause that guy was freaking cranky. <laughs> um, I mean, he had, he pointed a gun at me at one point. Oh, damn. Um, well, you know, I shouldn't have been riding my bike. Um, <laughs> so I would always have, I, I knew the quote unquote knew that my, my house was haunted. Um, now looking back, it's, I was seeing, you know, trees, silhouettes in the window, you know, making shadows on the walls. Um, but yeah, I was, I was scared of everything, man. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Holy crap. Now I'm just kind of realizing how scared I was as a kid. <laughs> Which is kind of natural. I mean, we have, you know, generally one or two overall answers to childhood. And it's uh, either I was really interested in horror or I was scared of everything. And I think the the latter is kind of the status quo or, or natural. Like kids are scared of things. Yeah. They're supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, it. as we said, in your case, it didn't come until your teenage years. But there's a, a changing moment. And where that changing moment happens is different for everybody. Um, you mentioned that you did have, uh, reoccurring dreams. Do you remember what those were? Um, I just know that, and I don't know when they started. It probably, I would say started as a close to teens or like early teens, but, um, my sister and I had shared dreams, Hmm. um, Hmm. of, um, my grandma's house. Cause we lived in Fort Myers, Florida. My grandma lived in Tampa and we would go there and, you know, uh, for Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. And my sister and I found out years afterwards, like we were just talking about it at the table and like, we would both have dream where we were at our grandma's house and we were trying to walk down the hallway from the bathroom, from the bedroom to the living room. And it was pitch black and the hallway was like narrower than normal and a large hand would come out of the darkness and pull us back. Hmm. And I was telling that dream and my sister's like, no, that's the dream I would have. 
And I'm like, hmm. no, that's the dream I would have. And so that was, you know, this was years ago, but that was when we found out that we were both having the same dreams about my grandma's house. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I had recurring dreams about, about my, my church and going there to school. Like I would show up naked a lot. There were people living in the walls, uh, watching me as I walked down the halls, th- you know, normal things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you say showing up to school naked in your dream, were you adult you or child you? Do you know what I'm saying? I think it was like teen me. Okay. So it was like the age I would have been in school. Okay. Um, because that could have slightly different implications. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was teen me. I don't okay. know. I haven't had that dream in it forever. Hmm. Now you're going to have it tomorrow. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> Brain's like, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> But I, I did. I did have a lot of nightmares, and I loved them. Like I, huh. I loved the exhilaration of waking up and realizing it was a nightmare. I don't know. I, I hmm. love having nightmares. Do you remember any off the off the top of your head? Um, other than the hand thing, not really. I, I remember bits and pieces, but then actually a few days later, like the I will try to remember it and can't remember anything about right. it. That's common. Mm. So it sounds like that might be interesting, depending on how young that happened. That might have been maybe your first uh, introduction to excited about something scary. Possibly. I mean, uh, I was I was scared of everything, but I wasn't like deathly afraid of everything. I was just more um, anxiety, not panic. Know, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, let's jump into the teenagers then. Uh, so what are some of the, the main things that jump out of you in, in terms of what you remember from horror in your teenage years? Uh, early teens is kind of where I started to, you know, figure out what I liked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, uh, music wise, I was um, I was only listening to Christian music, um, but I was attracted to the heavier side of things because I've, I've never really wanted to do what other normies do. Like I just always wanted to, I, I, the fringe of everything always attracted me Mm. Mm -hmm. in my teens. Um, so, you know, first time I, I saw striper album, Mm -hmm. I was just like, Oh my God, I, I need to hear this. Um, that was the first tape I ever bought with my own money was striper soldiers under command. Um, as soon as you said Christian music and heavy, I knew that's exactly where you were going. <laughs> I mean, it was eighties, yeah. man. That, that's, there wasn't a whole lot of choices with Christian and metal. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, then I started getting really deep into it. You know, uh, I, I could mention bands that you've never heard of, uh, you might not find anything about them on the internet mm-hmm. because they were so obscure. Uh, instead of Fangoria, I was reading, reading heaven's metal. Um, and, you know, just really into the Christian metal thing. And that kind of led to, you know, I think, I think heavy metal, especially in the eighties kind of went hand in hand with horror. Yeah. Um, so even though I was listening to Christian metal, I was, I was still exposed to, you know, Motley Crue and Ozzy and all those other bands. Mm. Um, you know, MTV was everywhere. I knew about those bands. 
and knew of the darker imagery. I mean, one of my favorite Christian bands was a band called Saint. They did two albums in the 80s, uh, Time's End and Too Late for Living. And those both of those were extremely dark lyrically. Um, and that really drew me. Um, you know, I read Revelation all the time. I read Revelation more than any other part of the Bible back then. It's the most entertaining part. I mean, you got giant dragons and, with like Yeah, exactly. Like Saint look up look up uh Google Saint Times End album cover. That was what was attracting me to metal and then into horror. Yeah, there it, it is. Mean, it's the lion's heads rising it, from yep, the sea. Yep. Um so so that Kind of, I think the Christian metal actually kind of pushed me into horror because <clears throat> it was taboo. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to watch it. Um, and that's what made me want to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's tell somebody that they can't do something and that's the first thing they're going to try to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, so as, as, as a teenager, um, I started really getting more into horror movies uh you know just because it was not i wasn't allowed to do you remember uh, it was my little christian rebellion do you remember what you started mm-hmm. with um well i do remember the uh, i was probably early uh hold on i need to i need to look what what year what year did aliens come out was it 84 the very first one was 70s, yeah. I say. the second but, one was would have been early 80s Okay, so I was born in 74, so I was, I, if it was 84, I was 10. Uh, I was staying with my grandma uh, in Tampa, and my Uncle Ray came over, and he's like, hey, I want to take him to a movie. And so she's like, okay, go ahead. And so we go to the theater, and the whole time he's telling me we're going to go see Robin Hood, the <laughs> Disney cartoon. <laughs> and I had seen that 15 times. I loved that movie. It was my favorite Disney movie. It still is. And I'm like, I can't wait to see this again. So we get to the box office and he's like two for aliens. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? I thought we were, and I was like upset that I wasn't going to get to see Robin Hood, <laughs> not having any idea what aliens was. And I want to go so, see some stupid movie about aliens. This right? is going to be dumb and cheesy rubber costumes. And it <laughs> literally scared the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, I was so terrified of that movie. Um, plus, on top of it, going back to my grandma's house. And then having to lie about what you saw. <laughs> yeah. Not just that. Like, that didn't worry me. I was more scared that because that night I'm sleeping in a strange room mm. and the shadows are different. The light is different. The sound of the house is different. I, I did not sleep for like two, three, two to three days. I was terrified, Um, but I kind of liked that feeling. So, you know, um, and then in the eighties, man, like you could, you could get any movie at any street corner. Uh, There was a mom and pop store, a Mm -hmm. rental store. So they were everywhere. Um, And so the VHS uh, boom really is what in my teens got me into into watching tons of stuff um Mm -hmm. you know i would i would go in and uh you know uh far more on wednesdays had uh 
three three for three dollars or something like that. Mm. And you know, I would rent every Wednesday. I would go in and rent three movies and then watch them, bring them back. Anytime I brought one back, I'd always rent another one. So I always had movies coming in, mm. and uh, I was very much uh, addicted to finding horror movies. Were your parents aware of you watching horror movies at that point? I'm sure they were, but I don't know if they cared. Because unless you had a VCR in your room, you would think that they probably uh, did. No, I was watching them in the living room. But even though they worked at home, they were in the office all day. Mm. So, you know, they didn't really come in. To, I mean, dude, they would they would leave me for a weekend and go to Tampa. Like <laughs> me, you know, 12 years, 13 years old, just leave me at the house alone. You That's know. a little young. Yeah, but uh, that was the first time uh, I rented my own movie without them there. Um, mm. Okay, so <laughs> I, I was probably 14, maybe 15, maybe yeah. 15. I don't even think I was 15 because I, I would have driven the car. So they were going to on a way for the weekend. Uh, my sister was staying at somebody else, a friend's house, and I was staying at home alone. And this was normal in the 80s. I think I, I don't think this was weird that I was staying home alone. Um, the 80s were a different yes, time. Yes yeah. and no. I mean, I we're I was also born in 74, so we're this, roughly the same age. And I was also a latchkey kid after school. And that was in like third and fourth grade. So pretty young. But I I was surprised when you said that, like, they'd leave you at home for a weekend. Like, my parents would leave me at home for a couple hours, not for a whole weekend. That, to yeah, me, that would seem a little more. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't love me. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, you're also, if you're talking 13 or 14, you're also a few years older than I was when I was in third and fourth grade. So, True, you, yeah. I mean, 14, 15, you're like eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, By the time I was living with my grandmother and she wouldn't have done that but that's a different story anyway sorry uh, uh so first movie you rented with no one home i waited for them to leave and i had all of this planned out um we had a really long driveway that went out to the road and then a really long road and then they had to make a turn so i wait for them to get down the driveway they turn on the road i get on my bike i ride down to the end of the road and i hid and waited for them to make that turn. <clears throat> and I took off the other direction to the, you know, a couple blocks away, we had a video rental store. And I went in with their card. I was like, I'm running my own movie. Like, this is this is it. And I think this was early because this might this I believe if I remember correctly, this got me really into horror. Um, but I knew I wanted something scary. And I ended up getting uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Okay. 2 has the pool scene, right? Um, which one was the one with, was it the one with the bus in the intro? Oh, God, I don't know. The only thing I remember from it is the pool scene when he shows up at the pool. Yeah, it was 2. It was the gay one. 2 the gay one? I think so. I think it's 2. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's too early for me to think of these things. Mm. Um. So I rented Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I bring it back. Oh, yeah. The pool scene um, where he boiled the pool water and then all the beer cans exploded, yep, which looked yep. very super realistic. I remember this now. I just watched it the other week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I get home. Uh, it's now starting to get dark. I waited for it to get dark. 
and I turn <laughs> off all the lights in the house and I put in Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and I get about half hour in and I pause it. I turn on every light in the house. <laughs> uh, like we had a bay window that overlooked our front lawn, but our front lawn was 500 yards away from the road. And because we were set back into the woods, it was creepy. So I closed those curtains, turned everything on, but I sat back down and started watching it again. And I was hooked. Um, that was the first time I really remember like going out of my way to watch to actively watch a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of sparked it all. I also grew up watching uh, USA's up all night. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, most of it wasn't horror, but was movie. They were showing movies that you kind of had to know somebody to know this movie existed or have a store, a video rental store that just happened to have it on the shelf. Mm. Um. And of course, it was all edited. So the little rebellious Christian kid just wanted to see some titties. So, you know, <laughs> I'd watch the movie on, you know, I'd watch Vice Academy. And then that week, try to find a store that had Vice Academy so I could bring it home and watch it with see the see unedited some titties. version. Um, you know, so the reason why Grindhouse Video exists is because of USA's Up All Night. That's that was the show. Uh, I never watched Elvira. Um, Never watched Joe Bob. I knew about them, but I didn't understand what they were. Mm. Uh, Rhonda Shear and Gilbert Gottfried were more my Elvira and Joe Bob. <laughs> but, you know, it was my little rebellion, you know, it was my little thing that I could hide. You know, I I knew when my parents would go to sleep and I could sneak in and, you know, watch a movie. So I watched a lot of movies on very low volume and extremely sitting extremely close to the television so I could hear everything. Right. But, you know, that's though the those years of doing all that were probably more formative than anything as far as uh, horror goes. It's funny because when you started talking about this, I, you know, for me, I probably would have like if I could have, I would have been going for like Porky's or something like that. But you <laughs> you went for Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And on, I don't I, I don't remember why I knew I wanted a scary movie. It might have been something like some kids were saying at school or something like they watched mm-hmm. a scary movie or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I want to watch a scary movie. Um, but yeah, I, I knew I, and it just happened to be Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Wasn't around Halloween or anything like that. It was in the summer. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't remember when it was, but uh, I don't think it was for Halloween or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No. All right. So like I say, there was some sort of a dividing line there where you now we're looking into this and uh, you had mentioned earlier about the behind the scenes thing. I'm guessing that came after this uh, nightmare on Elm street thing. Yeah. I mean, it was probably, although HBO, like we had HBO and they did some behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. like in between the movies. Sure. So maybe it was, maybe it was then. I don't know. I never really thought about it. Like I've, I've literally never thought about when I realized movies were fake. Mm-hmm. I remember going to see E.T. and crying because I didn't understand that the movie ended. Mm. Like my parents made my sister take me with her friends and she was so embarrassed. It was awesome because <laughs> uh, I was I was like, you know, the ending, you know, fades to black. And it's like I just started bawling like I want the movie to keep going. And she's like, that's not the way this works. Shut up. You know? <laughs> 
So you definitely, I'm guessing that one was much younger. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's eight years older than me. So I was, uh, I was the nuisance that she had to take around, <laughs> take with her sometimes. Yep. Not how Can relate. Work. I also have an older sister. <clears throat> so, um, did, let's go with some of the other questions for Halloween as a teen. Were you participating in Halloween as a teen or still doing the church stuff? The only, the only Halloween that I remember really uh, in my teenage years was the first time, like, like I said, I was the goody two shoes out of the group. And so, you know, I had friends, but I was the kid that never did anything wrong. And uh, so we were hanging out at a friend's house at ha- on Halloween and we were walking around the neighborhood and this is back when, you know, hundreds of kids out, out in the neighborhood trick or treating. And, uh, you know, we were just being stupid 14, 15 year olds. And uh, I remember they were like kind of making fun of me for not doing anything bad. And I said shit. I just screamed the word shit. I didn't use it in a sentence. And like they were just like, oh, my that's right. Shit. I'm a badass. I can say cusses. Yeah, exactly. Like that was my big rebellion. And they were like, Oh my God, let's see if we can get them to say other stuff. Uh that's what the that's what my Halloween was that I remember was them trying to get me to do things that I wouldn't normally do. <laughs> they were trying to send me to hell. Right. Yeah, right. Out of curiosity, was there ever like the stereotypical scenario of I bet you won't go in this old haunted house? Uh no. <laughs> um I, we did have a serial killer that lived in the neighborhood though. Uh, oh, where fun. I grew up. Um, we didn't know he was a serial killer. Uh, we would ride our bikes around the neighborhood and, uh, there was a guy in the neighborhood that would just jump out. He would be hiding behind bushes or a tree and he would just jump out and he would scream at us like a monkey. Like, and he would like move his arms and jump around like a monkey and he would chase us on his, on our bikes. Like we never heard him say words. He would just like, you know, just screaming at us. Found out. Okay, so I can't find any information about this because all I knew him by was the monkey man. You know, he was the kid. He was the guy in our neighborhood that that chased us on our bikes. Um, But I remember going in high school, driving uh, over this little, I guess it was like a pond that had a bridge or something. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like it wasn't big and it wasn't deep. And they had police out there with a tent in the water and they were finding human bones mm. like right off by the, uh, near the bridge. And about like school a drainage and ditch. It wasn't a drainage ditch. It was like, I mean, you know, Florida, it's yeah. like canals. It probably yeah. was probably a canal. This was in uh, Fort Myers. Uh, and so Fort Myers, Cape Coral, there's quite a few canals. And, um, so they were finding body parts and, you know, everybody at high school is talking about, you know, this whole thing. And I can't find any information because this is way before Internet. But I remember hearing about them finding out who did it. And it was the monkey man. Like he was, had been killing people for years. Um, he went to our high school uh, years before me. So they even dug up like a little... Uh, cement pond that one of the classes built when he was going there because he had a part of it i want to say i remember them finding human bones in that Hmm. um so like he was killing people i mean i don't know what i remember 
and what I made up in my head. I was head. just going to say, it almost start, starting to sound like a urban legend. But I remember, I remember a lot of this, but I can't find anything information on it. So it's not a hundred percent, but we did have this creepy guy that did chase us like a monkey. That, that is true <laughs> because that happened a lot. You had mentioned that you didn't have anybody in your childhood who were uh, friends of horror. I'm guessing same thing in teenage years. Didn't uh, didn't start finding any fellow fans until later. No, I uh, I've just watched movies at home alone. I uh, never really talked about it. It wasn't something that I was like, you know, I wasn't wearing horror T-shirts. I didn't even know you could get those. I was fairly clueless, like because I lived in a, in a, a bubble for most of my uh, younger life. I knew there were horror magazines, but I didn't understand what they were. I didn't realize that they were like about movies. I don't know. Like it just didn't, that part didn't, didn't really interest me. Mm. Um, I would just look at, go to the video store, look at covers, take it home, watch it. You know, it wasn't a social event for me. Like, and I'm still like that. I'd I'd much prefer watching a movie at home alone Mm. than uh, going to a theater or, uh, sitting around with, you know, 15 people, you know, at, a, at a, somebody's house watching a movie. Um, I'm more of a watch it at home alone. Like it's always, I've always been like that. Um, I didn't understand, uh, like I didn't know directors. Mm. I didn't know people followed directors. I didn't know directors made multiple movies. <laughs> I knew nothing about movies. Like, I didn't realize that a slasher film was a thing. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. knew that a lot of movies kind of follow the same formula. Right. Um, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't quite understand that, you know, movies were made in other countries. Um, so I didn't understand, I didn't, you know, watching demons never dawned on me that it wasn't made here. Mm-hmm. Like, or that it was a, uh, Italian director or, you know, I had no idea who Fulci was. I had no idea who Argento was. Like, not a clue. I was just, if the cover looked cool, I would watch it. Right. Um, I think the, I think that I, the closest thing I would have come to that would, would have been, I figured out Full Moon, put out some cool stuff, mm. and they were pretty much only horror. Um, so that's the closest I would say I came to realizing that there was some sort of thing beyond just the movie. Like there was a fandom or anything like that. Yeah. So it sounds like there was something that happened between, uh, you know, you talked about getting into Christian music and the heavier stuff and wanting to be different and metal. It sounds like there was something between that and the Elm street movie. Um, that we haven't really touched on. I'm not sure how to get at it though. <laughs> um, in terms of quite what questions to ask there. Um, do you remember how old you were when you got, got into the music stuff? Um, pretty early. I mean, I was listening to a lot of music. Like I went to my first concert when I, I think it was like eight or nine. Okay. Um, it was David and the giants played at my my church um and that actually scared me why uh because they had a song called noah and they were like a 
70s rock band, you know, kind of like a CCR type sound. Okay. And um, they had a song called Noah that was more of like a story song. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the song, like all the lights would go down and then like strobes would start and like there were sound effects for lightning. And they were basically telling the story of Noah's Ark. Right. Mm -hmm. And that when they when all the lights went out and that started happening, that scared the shit out of me. I didn't understand what was happening, um, you know, but I knew I kind of liked it. So I I think I think I think early on maybe I was kind of you know liking the thrill of being scared mm-hmm. but I on the other hand I hate roller coasters because I don't like not having control mm-hmm. uh but yeah like I think the music thing cuz I was always kind of geared more toward rock um so the going into metal after that was just kind of natural um and then in the mid 90s uh you know I'm in my 20s and I was in very much into the uh hardcore and emo scene listening to a, a lot of punk bands and stuff like that so I always kind of stuck with the heavier side of music but when you're into Christian music you're also into DC talk and you're into uh you know the the more pop stuff uh I was very much into hip hop uh, there was some actually, I, I will say like the, the Christian rap, some of it was actually pretty damn good, uh, for their time. Um, you know, even still like a lot of the, the Christian hip hop groups are actually pretty damn good. If you go beyond the, you know, top 40 type stuff, mm. what's funny is I'm, I'm, I used to be friends with, uh, one of the biggest Christian rap artists in, in the world right now. Uh, he grew up in Fort Myers. Uh, I helped him record a couple of his first demos at my church. Nice. And my my daughter went to go see him uh, a few years ago, and uh, she met him. And she's like, "He's like, hey, how you doing?" He's like, "Oh, good." And she's like, "My dad knows you." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, really? Who's your dad?" And she's like, she's like Mike Sandlin. And he's like, "Oh, because yeah. <laughs> he wasn't good." And I kept telling him he wasn't good. Try something different, man. Like maybe this isn't your thing. And I'm like, you know, I was trying to give him creative, you know, constructive criticism, but he didn't take uh, it that way. He didn't take it that way. <laughs> but yeah, he, he ended up becoming like selling, you know, platinum records and shit like nice. that. But yeah, I haven't seen him in forever. But um, you know, again, hip hop even back then, especially back then, was was more on the fringe, also. True. Yeah. So musically, like I'm all over the place. Well, you did say one thing that sounded kind of interesting. Um, Just one thing. That's the one thing that sounded, <laughs> said, man, this sucks. <laughs> it sounds like it's like never going to get aired. Yeah, right. No, I mean, I, I, that's not what I meant in, I meant <laughs> in terms of um, uh, being a clue, shall we say. Um, when you were talking about Noah and the strobe effects and, and the lighting, um, you also said you hate roller coasters and not having control. And so I'm wondering if there's some element about music and or the movies where it, it was introducing you to something unexpected, but in a manner you could control. Yeah, I would say that is definitely true. Um, and highlighting that was after that you had mentioned, or maybe it was just before um, liking to watch these movies but at home and alone. Yeah. Again, that's more of an element of control than 
maybe being out in a movie theater and having a lot of people around you. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've gone to theaters. Like I, I wasn't opposed to it necessarily, but I prefer right. to be alone watching right. movies. So let me see if there are any other questions we missed for the teenage years. Uh... Recurring nightmares. Um, I think that was when I was having the recurring nightmares about my, my school, the Christian school I went to. Okay. Okay. Um, some of those were really scary too. Like, people that I knew that were literally living inside the walls, uh, watching everybody like, and this was, you know, even after I stopped going to that school, that's when I really started having the dreams was when I stopped going there. Cause then I went there from second grade to eighth grade and I went straight from closed in sheltered going to school where I go to church for most of my life to public school mm-hmm. on, in ninth grade. You know, first day of school, there was a fight literally right in front of me at, in homeroom. And I'm like, I'm going to die <laughs> like, in my head, you know, like class of 1999, where the punks rule the school and, you know, toxic Avenger, where the nerds, the nerds get beat up every day. Like, I thought I was going to die. I hated high school. Mm. Everyone did to a certain degree. Right. Yeah, let's talk about that dream for a minute. So I'm guessing there was some sort of a fear of being seen, shall we say, or, you know, you know, maybe being afraid that they're going to see the real me because they mentioned that you were naked. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Like, I I was scared to death that, uh, I mean, even as a Christian metalhead, you know, I'd walk through the mall and many times I'd have people like, you're going to hell. Like they would tell that to you? Oh, yeah. They would flat out tell me. Wow. I'm like, I'm wearing the shirt of a Christian band. You want to read the lyrics? Like there's right. a Bible study that goes along with it in the, in the lyric sheet. Well, it's satanic. You know, I mean, my dad ripped down my striper poster off the wall because they all look like girls, um, <laughs> you know, but what's funny is he wanted me to listen to Johnny Cash and mm. all these country artists. And I'm like, now as an adult listening to Johnny Cash, I'm like, holy shit, this is all about fucking murder. Like, yeah. And, you know, fucking sex and murder and drugs like he would rather have me. He wanted me to listen to that. But the bands that were actually singing about Christian shit, he didn't like because they had guitars. Right. It's like something straight out of like what you would hear in, in like a, a joke line in The Simpsons. Like, why can't you listen to good, wholesome Christian music like that? Johnny Cash. <laughs> exactly. Some Ned Flanders would say or something like that. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't know. I'm just talking. That's what we do. it is um yeah going back to what chris said i I don't know ned flanders i think would uh he would probably know who johnny cash was you're right that was that was a bit of a stretch well not only that but he probably also would have been the one to listen to his kids music and know all the you know all the lyric sheets and all that stuff and and actually know that to you know be like well no (laughs) i'd rather (laughs) them listen to this Yeah, as odd as that character is, there are times when they have him written as, you know, one who's actually doing things a little more accurate to what a what the Christian faith would have you do than than some others. Yeah. So I guess moving into adult years, then um, I guess maybe uh, in your case, let me ask this a little differently. Where would you see the defining line being in terms of? your transition from teenage to adulthood in terms of the horror you were, you were consuming getting out on my own 
you know, getting a job, having my own money. You know, I definitely got into collecting at that point. What kind of stuff were you collecting? Uh, well, I had, I'd always collected music. Um, I also worked at uh, three different Christian bookstores in my life as a music buyer. Hmm. So I had a very large collection. And then when the video stores started kind of closing, uh, when Blockbuster really started taking over, um, I was going through and buying VHS tapes from closing stores, uh, and hmm. most of it was horror. So I think just kind of getting out on my own, uh, it's also kind of when I started leaving Christianity. So, uh, I was just kind of more open to be able to do anything I wanted and not feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. But as far as movies, like I was all, I was still consistently renting horror movies and buying horror movies. And, you know, I, I didn't even to this day, like, don't like boring horror. Mm. I mean, my favorite movies are Evil Dead, Reanimator, Dead Alive, shit that's the, the bonkers out over the top shit. That's that's what I'm into. Yeah. So I, I was trying to find more and more of that. Like that was I think that was my search was mm. finding more of the crazy shit. And I'd have to get through the boring movies to do it. But um, uh, there was one store in Fort Myers, uh, it was huge. It was massive stores as they took over a, uh, a Walgreens. And oh, wow. so this place was massive. They had a huge horror section and they had 10 for 10 on all their catalog titles. And I would literally go in and I started at a <laughs> and went all the way down. And literally if I hadn't seen it, I rented it and I'd get the first 10 in the alphabet take them up and rent them. And I'd go home and sit over the weekend and watch them all. Um, this first time I saw uh, 2000 maniacs was that way. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind. That was like one of the first times I realized that it, you didn't have to be in Hollywood to make a movie because at the, in the end credits, it said something about being in Florida. I'm like, mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> they made a movie in Florida. Wait, was like, that 2000 maniacs no made in Florida? Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Did not know that. And, you know, then growing up and realizing that uh, where I went to drink every weekend in Fort Myers was where they shot some of the scenes from uh, Day of the Dead. Hmm. You know, the alligator coming down the steps that was filmed right across the street from the bar I used to go to. So it was like, you know, now I'm starting to pay attention more to like deeper into it mm-hmm. rather than just trying to watch a bunch of movies. Like I started paying attention to a little, a little bit more to, a, you know, Oh, well who made that, you know, yeah. uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis had never heard of him, but I like 2000 maniacs. Let me try to find some more stuff from him. You know, Oh, you know, day of the dead was filmed in, in Fort Myers. Let me, uh, let me go find some more George Romero films, not realizing that night of the living dead and dawn of the dead and day of the dead all had anything in common. Um, you know, it was like, Oh wow. There's like a storyline getting older that's when i kind of realized uh there was more to it than just watching a movie mm. interesting yeah it's almost like uh that connection to the the local area and your personal life gave it more of an interest yeah yeah definitely and that came in your adult years you said yes yeah okay early 20s you had mentioned evil dead reanimator and finding more of the crazy shit um you know at this point it sounds like you're more sort of branching out. Um, 
what kinds of when you say crazy shit what do you mean by crazy shit is there a particular uh common thread that you like look for i mean i like i like comedy horror uh personally um you know after watching so much nothing started nothing really scared me anymore yeah. i went from being scared of everything to not really being scared of much anymore you know realizing that most of it was in my head uh, i still don't do roller coasters because of the the control issue mm. But as far as like putting on an, the exorcist, I could probably laugh at some of the <laughs> scenes now than, you know, be terrified. So I, I'm not I'm not drawn to movies that are trying to be scary mm. because it just doesn't work like that. If that's what they're trying to go for, it's not working on me. It's not for me. It's for, you know, the 14 year olds that were, you know, that are scared of everything like I was. Haven't learned your life lessons yet. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the more batshit crazy they come, I, I like, I seem to like, uh, I mean, like right now I'm wearing a Turbo Kid t-shirt. Um, nice. Turbo Kid is one of the greatest movies that has come out in the modern era uh, just because it's so fucking amazing and over the top. <laughs> um, it, and it's more 80s than some of the 80s movies are. It like is, it yeah. Is it's just, like that uh, '80s retro movement, almost yeah. like um, Psycho. But they Corman. were they were one of the few that did it right. Like yeah. they didn't try to make this movie look like the '80s. That's where a lot of the movies that try to do that fail. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a feel. They yeah. got the feeling down of the '80s. Mm. Um, but yeah, like that's pretty much what I'm into. I mean, I'm also you know getting. Like when I open the store, I'm like, I've seen every horror movie out there. I know all this shit. <laughs> and then I started getting stuff in and I'm like, I've never heard of this. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so, you know, companies like Severin and, and um, Vinegar Syndrome, especially putting out movies that I have never heard of or maybe once seen the box in a video store, but never watched it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm getting exposed to a lot more now, which is crazy than I did in the eighties. Mm. Cause they're also releasing stuff that was never put out in the U S. Yeah. Um, I just didn't realize there was that much out there that I had never seen, but I like that. I like the fact that there is stuff out there that I haven't seen. Um, right. Like it's reassuring to see that there's, there's stuff that you, you don't know of when you thought you'd seen all of it. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, new movies aren't doing it for me cause everybody's trying to be scary and artsy and all that shit. It is not um, working. Not, not for me. Hmm. No, my my daughter loves like hereditary and all those. And I'm like, if 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 I like, hey, have you seen this and the new A24 movie? I'm like, nope, <laughs> not going to either because I not not for me. Hmm. That movie is not made for me. You haven't even seen the trailer. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to. <laughs> A24 is putting it out. I don't. I don't need it. But it's got excellent cinematography. Yeah. I don't. How many? How many people run around with a lawnmower killing zombies? Uh, none. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. No one scoops yeah. their own brain back into their own head. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no reanimated cat going, you know, flying around the room. I don't. I don't need to see it. <laughs> I forgot it flew. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. I'm wondering if the uh, if it's almost more of a, like a nostalgic thing for you now. Um, I don't think it's nostalgia. I mean, I actually f- literally love some of these movies. Like, 
uh, like I know uh, Vinegar Syndrome has the rights to Invisible Maniac, and I can't wait until that comes out. Um, I absolutely love that movie because it's so terrible. Um, <laughs> they just put out Annie Lee's Meat Pies, which has been one of my favorites. Um, I don't think it, it's much of a nostalgia thing for me because I I don't understand VHS tape collectors. You know, no, it's not I didn't like I, necessarily I, uh, nostalgia for the format. I'm, I'm at, of of the movie itself, but it sounds like you're everything you've been saying is still kind of going back to the, the comedy aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like fun, mm. fun stuff. You know, um, I want to be entertained and you know, the new a 24 movie does not, would not entertain me. Um, and comedy does still also uh, involve crossing a boundary. Typically that's where the humor comes from is you, they do something you didn't expect. Yes. Like, and then, you know, there, of course there's a point in my life where uh, I was in my thirties and, you know, was looking for something new to watch. And I'm like, you know, I just did a Google search for uh, fucked up movies <laughs> and, you know, got this list of all these movies I had never heard of, you know, uh, Serbian the film and, you know, August underground and all this stuff. Mm. And uh, so I went through that and I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't like any of those. Okay. Um, although I will say Serbian film is an amazing movie. It um, it's absolutely beautiful. Like it's what it, it is the top tier. Yeah, it is art. It yeah. is art. Whereas uh, the Vomigore trilogy, not so much, but yeah, not my, some of those movies aren't my thing. I'm not into the gore, um, mm. especially the realistic stuff. Like even even back in the day, I wasn't into Faces of Death. It was more of a rite of passage type thing. Like, mm -hmm. have you seen this? You know, you know. Uh, on the other hand, Sleepaway Camp, right up my alley. Especially the ending. Um, mm -hmm. I actually have a good story about that. The first time I watched it was at, with a girlfriend, mm -hmm. and her grandma, who was the wife of a pastor, and they they're in their seventies, so they were like old school good Christian couple and she's sitting there basically making sure we don't start having sex. Oh. And um, so we're watching sleepaway camp and she's knitting. She's not paying attention to the movie at any point except for the end. Right up until and the end. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, you see the, you see the penis and she's, she just looks up and she's like, Oh my God, that girl's got a penis. And we just started busting out laughing. Um, you know, <laughs> like that's the, that, that is my thing. That's what I'm into because it was funny. Well, or... I, I mean, the sleepaway camp is amazing, but mm. it also has a special place in my heart because of that experience, mm. you know? Uh, so maybe that's nostalgia. I don't know, but uh, sounds like kind of a trifecta of shock, nostalgia and comedy. Yeah. On one scene. Yeah. I think that'd be a good assessment. Yeah. Well, it, and like you said, you're not into gore and the realistic stuff. So I think what I'm coming back to is um, where we said comedies do things that you didn't expect. And then remembering what I said earlier about um, you hated roller coasters and not having control and it, and the music, the strobe lighting and that kind of stuff that we talked about. It There was something unexpected, but in a safer setting. Yeah. Yeah. So. There is some, some shock, but it's, it's within your tolerable limits, shall we say? Yeah, pretty much. Sandbox. Um, yeah, it was a good, 
good way to put it. Um, I think I'll skip some of the other questions here uh, that we normally go through. Just kind of jump to the last ones. Um, maybe five or six of these. So I'll give you these two. Uh, at, at, I'll tell you two questions at the same time because um, the answers could be the same or they could be different. Um, what is What would you say is your favorite movie? And then what movie do you think you've watched more times than any other? God, the favorite movie thing is always, I get to ask that so many times <laughs> and it's always hard. I, I always give like a top three or four. Top three or four is okay. Three, and, and, and I already have, like, you know, I would say probably my favorite horror movie is Dead Alive. Mm. Um, that movie is just the, the baby in the blender, the lawnmower. It is just utter perfection. Yes. Um, how, what movie have I seen more? God, I don't even know. You know, this one is possibly an easy cop out sometimes, too. Like, for instance, uh, my answer when we did my interview, I was working as a projectionist and uh, the film, the others, the film would stick to itself. So I had to flick it constantly and babysit it or like so if you just ended up watching it like every night. Oh, my God. So many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie I've watched more than others can, can be a cop out like that. Just saying, you know, technicalities. I would have to say Microwave Massacre. Mm. Back in the Farmore days, when it was uh, three for three dollars, I wouldn't always find that third, mm. but I knew I it was a part of the deal, <laughs> uh. and I love that movie. So, and it was always on the shelf because I think I'm the only one that rented it. <laughs> so, and you keep renting it. So, I, like, I like the movie. It's stupid and fun, and it's got some titties in it. So I'll just watch that. Just, so I, I probably have seen Microwave Massacre more than any other movie. Okay. Just because of the rental days. Yeah. All right. What was, you mentioned uh, dead alive. The two things you mentioned were baby in a blender and a lawnmower. Um, Why would you say you like that movie? Just because it's so over the top. Um, Like it is the epitome of eighties, like excess. Like Mm -hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous, but also the special effects in it are great. Um. You know, I don't know what his budget was, but I know it couldn't have been that much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he just he pulled off like you were sympathetic with the characters, mm-hmm. uh, the people that in the movie that you were supposed to hate. You did hate the utter bat shittiness of the whole thing is amazing. Okay. Um, and I was sold as soon as I saw the lawnmower scene. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there's just so much blood and it's so much so over the top. It just comes um, out of nowhere, too. Like, I mean, I guess he's using the tools that are around him that he has. But where in any movie do you expect someone to rig a lawnmower as a battle weapon? Like, exactly. like a melee weapon? Exactly. I already touched on this when I asked, um, did you see any common threads about what kind of horror you like in terms of cannibalism, occult, metaphysical? I think your answer was basically over the top in comedy. Yeah. Um, anything that is extremely 80s. Um, and it doesn't even have to be made in the eighties. It's just anything extremely eighties, like, you know, straight to video. Cause like during that time, like there were so many movies getting made just to go onto VHS. Um, yeah. And those were, those are the ones that always really attracted me. And again, it goes back to USA's up all night. They were not showing mainstream movies. They were showing, you know, a tech of the, or assault of the party nerds and ridiculous, ridiculous movies that are horrible, mm-hmm. but I loved it. Like, I don't know. I think 
probably that part of my life really opened up, opened me up to like, that's what I appreciate is Mm -hmm. just stupid. I love stupid. So. And now that we've kind of narrowed in on that, then the last question is why horror? Because couldn't you find that in other genres, particularly comedy in this case? I love comedy. And I think comedy and horror are kind of hand in hand just because they both need to do something to get a reaction, mm. you know, whereas a action movie is just action. Like you just need to watch something happening, you know, some sort of fast movement, some sort of fight scene, but most action movies aren't going for giving you something that you've never seen before. Mm. Um, whereas horror and comedy, like they have to evoke a, a reaction to be successful. Mm. So I think, I think why horror is just because it's not normal. Like I've never been normal. Um, (laughs) So I think I, I respond to that just because of the obscurity, like, especially back in the eighties, I thought I was one of the only people that liked this stuff. Cause Mm. you know, I, there were no conventions there. There was no internet. There was no Facebook to meet up with people and, and find people that are into your, the same thing. Um, is there anything that we haven't asked about considering the theme of this podcast that, uh, you're aware of that would be relevant? Um, not Maybe that I something you thought of that you thought you were going to say, and then didn't come around to that point in the conversation. Oh, I have no, I, I have no plans on what I'm going to say, man. <laughs> okay. I get myself in trouble from, from that, like no filter thing. So <laughs> yeah, I don't plan anything. Okay. I, again, just a, a last opportunity to to bring up something that, you know, maybe might highlight something different that we hadn't talked about. Um, so I think in summary, uh, I, I really like Craig, uh, Craig. Pfft, I almost called you Craig. Chris's, uh, Chris's word sandbox. This is your sandbox. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, yeah. no problem, man. It was nice. It was a good yeah. talk. Uh, we're going to put together a little bit of a, a, like a bio page for you and we can link to whatever you want to link to in there. And, uh, I'll get with you offline about that. Um, the other thing we like to do is put together excerpts that we then load on SoundCloud and, uh, YouTube. Um, even though we're audio only, what we do is we put up like a slideshow. So if we can put up there, that'd be good. Um, but again, I'll get with you offline about that. All right. So let me hit the closing here. Uh, again, thank you for your time and thank anybody out there listening. Um, please do come check us out at horrormixeshappy.com. Uh, we got links to social media there, merch, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, just come let us know how we're doing. Hormix, oh, actually, you know what? Tell a friend. I think that's even better right now. Tell a friend. Word of mouth. Yes. Yeah. 